Hello, I'm Michael. And I'm Steph. And this is the Chef Campers podcast. Join us for the next 60 minutes as we discuss camper van cooking adventures. Hola, Steph. Hola, Mike. Como esta? Estipe, gracias. That was a little bit of uh, Catalan slash Spanish, which is a bit of a hint as to where we're going next. We were in Bordeaux last week, and this week we're, we're going to go to Catalonia, but before we do that, I thought just... Have you had a good week, Steph? Yes, have you had a good week, Mike? We finished off our quarantine. We did. It was all right, actually. It was the first time it we'd been right, in a house, it? and we didn't have to go anywhere or be anywhere, and it was quite comfortable. You know, it was probably the most amount of time we've spent apart. <laughs> since, in a different room. Since we've been on the road, it's the most amount of time we've spent apart. I think with you being upstairs and me being downstairs or me being in the garden and you being in the front room. <laughs> and Rupert spent quite a lot of time... On his own couch. On his own couch. He took yeah. himself to bed a few times and ignored us. Yeah, I think he's fed up with us. I don't know why. He's got an ace life. <laughs> he just doesn't know, does he? We're too easy on him. What are you drinking anyway? Anything? It's a, a Pepsi Max. A Pepsi Max. I'm on the um, I'm on the Bramble Gin. Your mum bought me a, a bottle of Bramble Gin, and I have to say, it is. Uh, well, it says quintessentially British on the front, and it, it certainly is. It's got notes of a, a good summertime ahead, which is uh, exciting because the pub's open this week. Yeah. We'll talk about that next yeah. week because I sense we're going to have a visit to a pub in the next week, but we'll see. Right, let's get going then. Catalonia, have you got any facts about it? How far are we from Calais, let's say? Well, from Bilbao, we are about 400 miles, which is about a seven-hour drive. Right, so if you want to come in via Bilbao, which is on the northern coast of Spain, a ferry route, which is an overnight ferry through the Bay of Biscay, you're going to do an overnight ferry, probably arrive about nine o'clock in the morning, and then you've got about a seven-hour eastward drive uh towards barcelona if you're coming down from calais i think it's about 800 miles um but i'm not too sure we should check that we we came over so for us we came from well obviously we're in bordeaux last week and then we drove over the andorra mountains the pyrenees yeah. mountains and then went pyrenees. into it went into girona so, but yeah we'll we'll talk about that in a, in a second maybe any fun any fun facts about Catalonia? What about the weather? What's that like? Oh, weather. So it can reach up to about 31 degrees in July. Um, As... But average, about 29. 29 in, in July, August. So it's hot, but not scorching hot. It's not the high 40s or mid 30s that you'd expect of southern Spain. So it's... Uh, Maybe a better place if you don't cope with the heat as, uh, so well, which is probably me and yeah, Rupert. Yeah, you don't like too much heat. Yeah, but we were there in October, I believe. Yeah, and it was warm, warmish. It was about 23 degrees and there was quite a lot of rain. Yeah, it was quite humid. It was quite humid and that is a tough thing when you're living in a van, humidity, controlling it. Yeah. Right, let's take, let's take people on a bit of a journey then. So when you set off... From the Atlantic coast, the west coast, and you want to drive over towards Catalonia, you can go a number of ways, but the most interesting way is to go over the Pyrenees, which are the mountains that separate France and Spain and Andorra. And Andorra is a tiny little country that's uh, in between the two countries. It's situated right in the centre of the Pyrenees. And that's uh, probably the smallest country we've visited. It's smaller than Luxembourg. We haven't been to Vatican, the Vatican City, which no. is a country clusters. We haven't yep, been to Monaco, no, so it's the smallest country we've we've been. we've been. What do you think of Andorra, Steph? I quite liked it. I quite liked being up in the in the mountains. It was the first time we'd experienced proper mountains because we went straight to Bordeaux. We were kind of on the coast and in the French countryside. For us, when we drove over the Pyrenees Mountains, it was the first time we'd experienced kind of mountain ranges, proper mountain ranges. It was really high altitude. I think it yeah. was about, about 8,000 feet, 2,500 metres, so super, super high. 
much higher than what we had in the Alps, I think. That's, uh, that's much higher. So it was the first time we'd had that kind of landscape. It's the first time we'd kind of driven the old van up these steep roads and steep hills. And I kind of remember going through Andorra and, and there was a few climbs and the van, I just, because we were so heavy, the van was so heavy, so underpowered and it's really old. It did struggle a bit on those hills. It got up them, but you did have to drop down to first or second gear quite a lot. And it was a, you had to take it steady and pull over for regular breaks. But that's not a bad thing. You can take in the view. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember we saw those people and they, did they break down? Or they they needed help, didn't they, in their car? They did, actually. We, we, <laughs> we were at the peak of Andorra. And we spent, I think, two or three nights in Andorra. It, it got to sub-zero temperatures, which was the first time we'd kind of had, like, minus six in a camper van, which is crazy <laughs> because we've just come back from the Alps yeah. at minus 25, but we've done the Arctic Circle at minus 30. But for us, minus six, minus eight was still a big deal. But, yeah, we, we spent two nights there, and we drew, as we were coming down the hill, I remember there was a little Peugeot 206 that was pulled in into the lay-by. There were three lads who were about 21, 22, and there was a young girl who was about 20, and there was a young kid in the car as well, and, yeah, a, do and a dog. And a dog. Yeah. And... There's a lot squeezed into that car. Yeah. Yeah, there was. And they'd had... Uh, I think we'd pulled in to let the engine cool down because we were doing a hill descent, which, you know, holding it in gear and not touching the brakes too much. So we'd pulled in to let the van cool down. And um, I was kind of looking over and I wasn't sure, should I help, should I not help? I always tried to help, but then you kind of, you can get carried away, can't you? So I thought, well, I'll, I'll see how they get on. They seem to be managing it. But then they started pouring water over the engine. And steam was coming up, and yeah. at that point, I thought, do you know what? Maybe they could benefit yeah. from a from a chef slash mechanic because <laughs> anyone who owns a synchro or a T twenty five will to um, be a mechanic. Yeah, you don't want to be a mechanic, but you end up being one if you if you want to fix it yourself. So I went and give them a hand. It turns out it was a it was an ECU problem, so I just disconnected the battery, disconnected everything, give it about two minutes, reconnected it, and then it fired up. So um, I told them to take it steady and they tried to take us to a, a bar, I think, to have drinks of us. But uh, I, I, I don't know what the situation was. So I didn't want to didn't want to enter that, which is odd for me. But yeah. we were in a rush, actually. That's why I said no, because I would have said definitely I would have said yes to that. We're in a rush. Do you know? Can you remember why? No. Well, it's a good, it's a good job I did because we we're picking up friends at the airport. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so... So we went into Girona, uh, which is a city in Catalonia. Um, the reason why we were kind of travelling from Bordeaux to Girona and we didn't spend more time in the Pyrenees is because we had friends who were going to fly into Girona. So we kind of, we rushed through Andorra. I think it was only two or three nights. And I think if I was to go back, I'd definitely spend more time. Uh, Jed from Campervan Culture, he did a video series on the smugglers route in Andorra, that's all the back mountain roads, which we took a lot off, but there's a real good kind of off-road, but you can do it in a two-wheel drive. Uh, there's well, a route... like some really nice places to stay yeah, on there. Yeah, it's not just about cheap booze and fags. There's a, there's a lot more to Andorra than that, I think. There's ski resorts there as well, which we'll check out one day. Yeah. So we had to get to Girona to pick up John, John and Jen. John and Jen. But before we picked up John and Jen, we did kind of have maybe a day or two days to ourselves and uh, i think we did something because we were quite we weren't sure about what to do when we got to catalonia because we kind of rushed there we hadn't really researched it that much and we were taken back by andorra quite a bit so when we got to catalonia we kind of uh, just did a little bit of research i know you wanted to take me to a town that you'd found that you wanted to check out what was that yeah well it was kind of by surprise i found this lovely like medieval town called Peritolada, I think you pronounce it. Peritolada. Um, we stayed in an air next to it. It was a really good air with all the services and we just happened to come upon this town. Yeah. But it was so beautiful. It was a proper medieval town. It had its own castle, cobbled streets, stone buildings. It was just really lovely. It was quite a small town, I remember. Yeah, it was, I think. Yes, it was very, very tiny. It's like a... 
and kind of the parking spot there i think it had wi-fi or something like that because i was panicking about uploading videos all those videos we made on the road which we're just starting to watch back now to do this podcast we made a video about this podcast that we're talking about now and um it was a big panic for me being on the road recording the the weekly episode we would we were doing the most stressful part about it was trying to find somewhere to upload the video because i didn't have enough you know didn't have data on my phone there was no unlimited data and we couldn't tether and it was just a nightmare so i was always looking for places yeah. with wi-fi and that. i think this was a place with yeah, wi-fi there was a lot there i think you went out exploring and i was sitting on my laptop for three hours editing and uploading a video <laughs> <laughs> which is probably why i didn't do one every week for the next yeah. three years it was it was eating too much of our travel time i think Anyway, you say you had a good you had a good look around there. Yeah, well, I took Rupert out for a walk around there. Mm. I think now there's like lots of restaurants there and yeah. cafes. I think we thought about going to eat out, but we we obviously didn't. No, but we didn't. I'd definitely do that. I'd go there again and eat out maybe. I yeah. think this is the this is the beauty of having a camper van. So if you haven't got a camper van if you're going to catalonia you'd probably just fly into girona or you'd fly into barcelona you'd probably stay in the city maybe do an excursion or two and that would be about it you'd probably experience more of the city life but with a camper van you can kind of go to those more rural places that have free parking and all the amenities and it's a nice little quaint village or a town and I d you just seem to get a better taste for what the culture is don't you yeah Talking of culture, did you have any idea about the political situation oh. with... I don't want to talk too much, I don't want to upset anyone, but did you have any idea how intense that political situation is with Catalonia and Spain? Well, at the time, that, that was on the news, wasn't it? It was, a, mm. it was a big thing at the time, so us going there, it was a bit... I think, let's just, get, let's just do a little, yeah. a, a little over reason as to... So, Catalonia is... Oh! oh is, well, I nearly knocked over my gin then. <laughs> it out. Do you know I'll have another one just to calm my nerves because <laughs> I nearly spilt it all. Hang on. Do you want to? You could talk about some of this stuff. When we went there, I remember there was yellow flags, yellow ribbons all over the town, all over, tied to the bridges. Do you remember? Yeah. Very patriotic. There was a lot. There was a lot of yellow ribbons, and there was a lot of yellow paint uh, painting of ribbons on the roads, yeah. on the sides of buildings. And just to put some context around it, so Catalonia is a northeastern region of Spain, but the, the in Catalonia is almost a bit like a county, and the the people of Catalonia, I don't know if it's a majority or not. I don't want to go down that route, but what I would say is there's a lot of people in Catalonia who feel Catalonia should be an independent country and not necessarily part of Spain, and there's many reasons for that. One of them is that they they do have their own language, uh, and it's not it's not it's not a form of Spanish. It is actually derived from a Latin language, so it's Catalan. the Catalan language is yeah it's based it's based on a Latin language, and they also you know they kind of have their own they have their own ways of doing things as well, and also as a region with Barcelona supporting them, they're accountable for I think it's about twenty percent of Spain's uh, G GDP, uh, yeah. so they're, they're you know they're a massive they within their own right they could be. A country in the eurozone financially you know within their own right with it with the amount of money that they've got coming in and going out so it's quite an interesting topic because the people of catalonia would like that and feel they would prosper uh, without the rest of spain and people have been arrested for them trying to be independent and hold a vote on it and it, it was just a delicate thing that i hadn't appreciated since we got there i know the the public service people and teachers and doctors they all speak Catalan as well as Spanish. It's, I think it's it's a yeah. requirement. Isn't it the, the law in a job or something? I think so. Yeah. So that, that that's to give you for those yeah. of you who may not know that because we didn't really. I knew it was Catalonia, yeah, but, but it was right at the time. Yeah, that was going it, it on. was. But it was in, It was interesting, and um, in a way, it meant that you know there was, it was easy to identify stuff that was was catalonian uh, and it made it stand out as a part of spain for us and for me it's possibly one of my favorite parts of spain i would say yeah i would say so too mm. we um there was one bad thing though about catalonia we went to this place called the bay of roses and that's because as a child i went there with my grandparents and uh, with my dad uh, when we did a motorhome trip there but 
it was the first time we'd experienced a break-in in the middle of the night. Yeah. Do, do, do you remember? Yeah. It was a yeah. place that we... It was quite difficult to find a place to park up for the night. And it was... We kind of just settled for this place, which was... by a beach, wasn't it? Yeah, it was by a beach, and we kind of just settled for that. And we weren't 100% sure, but we thought, no, it should be all right. And, uh, well, it was just one of those places that young kids might go to at, you know, one o'clock in the morning. And usually that's fine in car parks and stuff, but this was really quite a bit more remote. But it was still close enough to the hotels, wasn't it? So, mm, but it was over the water from the hotel, yeah, so there's nothing. Nothing could. It was isolated, but not isolated. So it was yeah. it was a long journey, one way journey in, and a long one way journey out. But as the nature of a one way journey is, yeah. but it was kind of just over the water where you'd see like big boats go past, and over the other side of the water there was a cafe and a restaurant and a hotel. So we felt like we were quite close to things, but. Yeah, it was about one o'clock in the morning and Rupert kind of woke up and, uh, which kind of woke me up and then uh, I thought I heard somebody kind of at, at the back window and then Rupert barked and I heard somebody run and, uh, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really think about it. I just, I just jumped out and I'm ashamed to say I jumped out of a weapon and, um, yeah, this car spun off and, um. Yeah, we just I didn't sleep at all that night. I I couldn't I couldn't drive because I had a drink as well, which was another thing I learned maybe you know be careful if you're parking if you have a drink or not cause you want to be able to drive maybe. And uh yeah, the next morning as we looked around we realized there was a couple of like pieces of broken glass and plastic on the floor so maybe it is a place that break-ins occur or whatever. And I think it was after that point we realized we need to maybe I don't know, just think think a little bit more about where we're parked up. And I have to say, that's probably the only major time we've had a break-in. Yeah. There's been little muckabouts, but I've never felt, you know, truly friend. And we, I think we actually filmed a whole video on van. van security. We did? Yeah. Do you remember what he was dressed up as? <laughs> yeah, Harry Krishna in the in the hammock. You used the hammock to dress <laughs> up as Harry Krishna, and I was dressed in Lado's. And we are on lockdown camp in the Alps last year and we were filming kind of daily videos and one of the videos was on van life security so if you want to know what we do in that situation now and what we've learned then go and check out that video because i think there's some really good useful tips in there about what you should and shouldn't do yeah when something like that happens yeah and we were dressed up for a reason we weren't just oh yeah we were <laughs> we were we we're having a it was an end of season party that we were doing wasn't a... really the season was we, were, we were having a, a fancy dress drinking party yeah. on Zoom for the end of season in Morzine and we filmed our videos in our fancy dress. Right, let's yeah, get back anyway. to let's get back to Catalonia. <laughs> so we had John and Jen arrive in Catalonia. What if you had to describe John and Jen, how would you describe them? Well, they're our good friends. You've known John since high school or primary school? In preschool Bef okay. before infant school before preschool about preschool i think it was we were about three or three years old three maybe four years old when we met each other oh. so old friends and we haven't been able to get yeah. rid of each other all my friends all, all of the close friends i have i've known since that age and we've all kept in touch and we're all still good pals anyway john's one of them and John's been on a van trip with me before. I think I'll have John on with Brett for a podcast sometime and we'll talk about the time we went to Amsterdam to meet a internet reality star. But that's a, that's a whole different X-rated podcast <laughs> that we'll stay for another time. But John's a good friend of mine and he will... He won't mind me saying that I sometimes think he's a bit of an idiot, to be honest <laughs> with you. He is, he's a bit silly. I'm a bit silly. Put us together. We're all a bit silly. We get a bit silly. Jenny, bless her, was uh, his fiancée at the time and I was really worried he was going to mess it up but he somehow managed to convince her to marry him so he's now happily <laughs> married to Jen. But at the time it was a fiancé and John had already done the, a couple of trips with me in the van so he knew what to expect. So I was, I knew John would be all right but I was a bit worried about Jen to be honest because I didn't know Jen that well. Obviously knew her as a, you know, John's girlfriend but I'd, I'd spent most of my time with John and uh, I was always curious about Jen because she's with John. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I any, knew Jen yeah you knew Jen from uni uni uh, and I, I, I knew she'd be great because she's into outdoors yeah and that kind of thing yeah well I that's what struck me Jen was textbook perfect 
Van guest, I yeah. would say. She was like, she she came really well prepared with her bag. She was really organised yeah. with her stuff. She and really embraced... John out. Yeah, she did sort John out quite... Every two... John was saying, Jen, have you seen my socks? He doesn't talk like that. If you want to know what he talks like, watch the video. But yeah, it, she was very organised. She embraced the outdoors stuff and really well, actually. Do you know what? The pair of them, really good van guests. Yeah. But it's four people in a Westie. Yeah, tight, tight space. It is tight, isn't it? Yeah. Two adults in the roof, two adults downstairs... Well, me and you downstairs. I shouldn't yeah. make out that it was, it was me and you downstairs, John and Jen upstairs. <laughs> and you've got luggage and all of that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of moving yeah. of parts and getting in and out of the van and giving everyone space to get changed or whatever. But do you know what? We pulled we it off. We had a system. We had a system. We? And obviously because the weather was nice, we could step outdoors and give each yeah. other space well, it was, to get changed. and It was nice most like of that. the time. Yeah, but <laughs> apart from the rain... Yeah, so the four of us in a Westie and we kind of cope, but you've got to be super organised for yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff. But we um, we took, we took thought we'd give them kind of two experiences for the price of one. We thought we'd take them on a typical kind of hashtag Instagram rose-tinted Instagram view of our life on the road, which was we took them to a lake. It was about one hour west of Girona and it's on that video actually it's got a church that's in the middle of the lake and you can only see its spike sticking out because it's flooded with water all the way up to the top and there's a flag on the yeah. top Catalonian flag of course yeah. and there's these big massive orange cliff tops that just kind of surround it and you think as you look at these these rocks you think you're looking at a, you know a, a sunset they're just really vivid, bright, and they just look stunning. And when you see them with the backdrop of a sunset, it's with the the kind of the the green trees and the 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 calmness of the lake, and then some birds might fly over. It just feels like you're, I don't know, away from everyone, away from everyone and everything. And uh, yeah, we took them there and I remember we camped out in the van and we went down to it the... It was very idyllic, wasn't it? It was. We had some food. I cooked a paella. Yeah. Paella. Paella. For four of us, which was lovely. We had a bit of lunch there and then we sat around a campfire at the lakefront. Yeah. The good thing about lakes is you Listen tend to... to music. We did listen to music. Spanish music. Bruce Springsteen. We did listen to a bit of Bruce <laughs> Springsteen. Do you know what else we yeah. listened to? Gypsy Kings. Yes, we did, Steph. I'm <laughs> glad you brought it up and it wasn't me because it gives me a chance to acknowledge and, and admire the band known as Gypsy Kings. Actually from uh, from France, but speak with a Catalonian accent. Yeah. And for me, that is my favourite part about driving into Spain was being able to put on Gypsy <laughs> yeah. Kings. What do you mean you play that wherever we go? I do. Well, <laughs> I don't play that wherever we go. Do the, the, no, I don't. I play Gypsy Kings... When I'm starting to get a little bit drunk and a little yeah. bit happy. And as I start getting a little bit merry and enjoying myself, I sometimes bang on the Gypsy Kings on the Spotify yeah. through the sound system. And I'll quite happily sit there, sipping my uh, my glass of Rioja or something like that and <laughs> tapping away to the strumming guitars of Gypsy Kings. Sensational. I think, I think Mama Rica... They had plans to see them, yeah, but it got cancelled because of COVID. Anyway, yeah, Gypsy Kings as well as as Bruce Springsteen, and it was brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. We had a good time together. We cooked. I mean, cooking for four in a van in a Westie, you know, you have to go one pot. Yes, and that is where paella just is perfect. It's it's one I of my make a good one. Oh, thanks, Steph. That's very kind of you. Yeah. I've been making it a while now. My good pal uh, Adam, I call him Winky. When we'd go camping together, he had a, a teardrop trailer and I had a two-wheel drive van and I'd often cook that. And it's a bit of a tradition now. I always cook that as the as the first thing because it's a one-pot dish for everyone. So we did that and we were on the lakes and we were on the mountains and it was it was just, it was perfect. It was really nice. And then we, we drove to the city of Girona, didn't we? Yeah. And that's because I think the weather was due to change. I think it was due to rain and we were getting a bit nervous about it, so... 
we thought we'll go and explore the city maybe because there might be more shelter and it'll be easier than trying to sit out in the in the wilderness in a in a rainstorm so what did we get up to in Girona? we had a lovely walk around didn't we and then we went to this restaurant mm. that's in one of the main squares it was in one of the main squares i can't it's remember the name it was one of the main squares and we found this we found this restaurant and it had a taster menu on and me and steph only tend to eat out once during our period in a, in a new area it's a big part of the budget and obviously food for us is a huge part of our budget we're spending too much on it every week because we're getting you know too excited about trying new things but it was a, we were with friends and so we thought let's sit down and do the whole taster yeah. menu experience and wow it was it was really good it was it was it, i mean it got a little bit pretentious towards the end and i was getting it was getting a bit like well you stopped that really didn't you you mean john were being silly i think yeah <laughs> but we did we had like squid ink paella uh we had kind of like fish stew which is really traditional actually in catalonia the, the fish stew there the, but they'll take saffron from from mainland spain and give it this distinct kind of orange red glow to the fish stew that was delicious we had um tomato bread which again super it's a bit of a, car a caricature of a catalonian would be someone scrubbing toasted bread ciabatta bread with garlic and then scrubbing it with tomatoes salt olive oil and then eating it they don't slice the tomatoes they scrub they scrub the toasted mm. bread with it and uh yeah, that was with that was one of the things they had at the start, just at the side, which is you've got to have when you're there, and you tend to have it every day. Usually, you know, breakfast or as a you know as a, yeah. a side dish while you're having a drink. We also had, I think, my favourite thing, my favourite vegetable, calcots. Oh yeah. Like a jumbo spring onion slash leek, and Catalonia, they actually have a whole season dedicated to this. So if you go, uh, I. I think it's oh god i could get this wrong i'm sure i'm sure it's it's got to be the start i think it's like kind of january to march sort of time they cook these uh calcots directly over the charcoal of a fire directly on the coals usually and they're kind of charred on the outside they're super soft they usually give you a bib and there's festivals dedicated to them you might dip them in romesco sauce which is just another fantastic thing that came out of like catalonia or you know that region kind of toasted pine nuts toasted tail hazelnuts well that's how i make it with some sherry some roasted peppers that's been done over the coals and some breadcrumbs and blend it all up it's delicious to dip your vegetables in we had charred vegetables as well so we had esca levada which was quite nice which is quite traditional it's almost a bit patagonian where they take vegetables and cook them directly over the ash um so you kind of get that like charred flavor and kind of the sweetness of the vegetables because uh, it hasn't been boiled or steamed out so that was a lovely meal and it was it was kind of like catalonia in one night which was great i enjoyed that meal but we went for a walk after didn't we yeah we had an evening tour of the city we did a nighttime tour I think me and John. It's in the dark. I think me and John were a little bit drunk, to be honest with you, Steph. Mm. I do remember it though. Did what I remember? I remember walking up, what felt like six hundred steps towards a yeah. cathedral, and as we walked up the steps from this square, it started to look familiar. And I think one of us said, "This looks like the cathedral mm. of." game of thrones it was it was it was it was did you know what scene it was from oh it was from the shame scene it might have been used again but it was from the shame scene do you remember what we did well we reenacted it we, know did, we did we walked down the stairs <laughs> uh, making bell noises saying shame shame shame, shame. <laughs> And it was about midnight. <laughs> it's a good good way to see a city, though, at night time. Yeah, I know Girona gets absolutely packed because there's a few sites that you definitely want to see. And there's quite often a queue for people to get up them. And the whole Game of Thrones thing must have been popular for, for tourists. So 
it was quite good a nighttime tour. Yes, it's dark, but we had a lot of space. Yeah, there wasn't overcrowding. And it was quite like a magical feeling about it, I thought. Yeah, there's something about walking around a historic place like that, particularly at night, when it's kind of, there's a glow of lights against the walls and the shadows emerging. And you just get a sense that maybe you could go back in history a little bit as you walk around, which was good because John studied history. Yeah, yes, he, he did. knows a lot about it, mate. Detective now, I believe. Although we couldn't find my keys at a barbecue. <laughs> you know that. Lost my keys and he couldn't find them and they were under the barbecue at a barbecue. Fancy that, eh? Anyway, we had a good walk around at night time. We did. And uh, we saw quite... A, there, was a, there was a wall that we went up which gave us kind of a... A nighttime view. A panoramic view, wasn't it? Of the city. It was it was lovely. It really was. It was beautiful, wasn't it? One of my favourite cities from the road actually. And like we talked about last week, when we go to cities we tend to go to a campsite or a secure parking lot so we know we can leave the vehicle and feel quite safe and comfortable about it. Yeah. And on this occasion we left it it was on like on a a secure kind of it was a secure barrier, yeah, rooftop car park, so there was no height restrictions, and it was actually dedicated for motorhomes and camper vans. Um, we pulled in next to a motorhome. I think it might have been a Concorde, you know, like a coach, where you've got, you know, when if you need to get up and have a wee in the middle of the night, you're walking a good couple of minutes to the front of the cab. You know, it's a long walk from the yeah. back to the front of the motorhome to, to go to the loo. Not like us, eh? Where we can easily hear each other. Um, so we were kind of like squeezed in this tiny little van with four people in and luggage was squeezed in between all these luxurious motorhomes with people enjoying a really nice retirement. Um, yeah, Maybe they felt a bit sorry for us, who knows? They, they usually come out and say hello, don't they? And ask us what we're doing and why we're doing it. But yeah, I can understand why they have those big units. They, were, they look very luxurious. But we got back late at night and because we'd had about four or five uh, was it day four with john and jen we we had a situation because it was warm and because it was it was humid it was wet and it rained you just kind of i don't know you feel muggy don't you yeah it's the worst thing about traveling Flammy. yeah so especially in I the westy like it was terrible for that the westy once Flammy. once it had rained and once it was warm you never got rid of the humidity out of the van, and it just—it was just a—it was just a pain when it was wet and damp in the air. So I'm gonna—I'm gonna share the time that John looked at me and he said, oh, "I really need a shower, you know, Mike. This is tough. This." And I was like, "Do you know what? I, we probably would have had a shower down at the front, but we're trying to squeeze too much in and rush around." But I tell you what, John, <laughs> the forecast is rain. Get your swim shorts on, boy. Get your get your links or whatever it was and uh, let's jump outside and have a shower and I was kind of saying it as a joke because I was a bit drunk and he started getting his shorts out and his flip flops on <laughs> and you know when you just you've said something you think well I've got to do it now so I remember the pair of us we had to lift the roof of the Westphalia pop top so it was kind of looked like a, a wedge and uh, rain was dripping down off the roof and we stood outside in our shorts and flip-flops next to these big motorhomes. Started getting wet because we thought it was heavy enough rain, but it clearly wasn't. And we were using our hands, our palms, to collect rainwater dripping down the gutter of the roof and uh, kind of washing ourselves. But John made the mistake of putting too much links on him. <laughs> and he just couldn't get it off. No matter how much he tried, he just couldn't get it off. I think we ended up going to the, the toilets in the multi-storey car park. Yeah, and I feel like you were outside for like two hours trying to have that shower. We went we went to the toilets and we might have had a drink in the toilets. It was quite bad. But we... Oh, did we brush our teeth there? Maybe we stayed undercover somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Remember thinking that was a silly idea once we'd started, but we couldn't stop. But it was a good time. You know, that's how memories are made. It's all fun. So that was kind of our last night with John and Jen. Yeah. We dropped them off. Um, I just wanted to say something about Girona. Because yeah. I really liked it so much. But something we thought was really cool, me and Jen, like we didn't know when we looked up in the stone of that cathedral. Mm. And apparently it's in a lot of the other stone. 
there's like these little fossils and apparently it's in a lot of the other stone it's like some kind of limestone drone's own type of stone but do you remember seeing the fossils yes really tiny tiny curled fossils in the stone was it be- was it before dinner or after dinner after dinner i don't remember seeing the stones <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have yeah. to go back to Girona. There's so much to see yeah. and do when you when you haven't had a, a boozy dinner. So we dropped Jen and John and Jen off, and we then decided we were we were in a kind of a of a, a fork in the road. Head south and and left, which would be east, um, and go towards Barcelona and go in the city centre and stay there. Or kind of head more inland, only about an hour, an hour inland from Barcelona to a mountain range with lakes. And, well, we decided on the second option. Yeah, you've been to Barcelona before, haven't you? And... I've been before a couple of times. I think we'll go We'll go there, but we'll probably just fly in yeah. when we can, when COVID stops or whatever. We'll have like a weekend there or four days there. Yeah. For me, it wasn't a place... It, for me, it was worth taking the band to because you've got to find your camp spot. It's going to be tricky finding the camp spot. Public transport. You don't know about Rupert because he's not allowed on a lot of public transport in Spain. And I just felt like Girona was our city yeah. of choice for yes. Catalonia. And I stand by that because I think it was beautiful. I think it was beautiful. So we went to a place that is also beautiful. Montserrat, Montserrat, Montserrat Monastery. Yes, not but the country. Montserrat. Not the country off by, is it Puerto Caribbean Islands, Puerto Rico maybe over there. That there's a there's an island called Montserrat. Yeah. This is Montserrat, Spain, which is about an hour west of Barcelona, inland. And to give you some perspective, uh, there's a monastery right at the top, and the monastery was created because. I think some kids in, I remember it, it's about 800, something like that, AD, some kids saw a light in the sky and went yeah. up and felt it was uh, a holy place. A holy place. Well, well, I'll say that much on it. I don't want to offend anyone. Um, and at the top of that place, you are said to have an amazing view of Catalonia. It's probably the highest point in Catalonia. So we decided we would head towards there, didn't we? Yeah. And we got about 25%, 30% up the mountain. And we broke our number one rule, which is always find a camp spot before sundown. But we were in a rush after going to the airport and trying yeah. to get there. And we were fairly confident there'd be a place there because it was a tourist destination. There will be car parks and we'd seen kind of park for a night places there. So we knew we could rely on it. But as we got 30% up the mountain, it got dark. And then the wind started picking up. Yeah, the, the weather turned. And then my window wipers, I had to put on full speed. And it was an incredibly tight turning, tight mountain road in the dark heavy rain, heavy wind, climbing and climbing and climbing in first and second gear. And it was at that point we quickly checked the weather and we realised there was a warning for flash floods and storms. So we were kind of about 40% up the mountain at this point and we had to go further to find a turnaround spot because there was no turnaround spots and it was dark. You had to be very careful and we had to make a kind of a split decision, do you remember, yeah. on the way up? Like, do we go up here, try and find shelter at the monastery, try and sit out the weather, or do we go back down the mountain where the water's starting to run and maybe get ourselves caught up in a flash flood? And, well, we went for the decision to carry on going up the mountain and we pulled into a spot that seemed to be a bit sheltered. And I just remember, we were at the top of the mountain, I just remember the wind hitting us and really shaking the van. And the rain beating down as well. The rain was coming in sideways. We opened the sliding door and it was like having a shower. We would have been, me and John would have been all right there. That's for sure. His links links would have come off there. Do you remember what I did? What did you do? I washed my hair outside. Did you? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. Do you not remember? No, I (laughs) I forgot about that. 
<laughs> I forgot about that. So you went out in the storm and washed your hair? Yeah. Flipping heck. I think Root was too scared to go out. But, see, there was the right amount of rainwater, whereas you were waiting outside for two hours, you and John. I only took about ten minutes. Yeah, that's true. You only had to stand out for yeah. five minutes to get drenched. I forgot about that. Yeah. And then we sat in the van with the heater yeah. on and just prayed. Well, we'd, I'd say prayed. We we hoped that we um, that we could get out of this. And we checked the weather and it did look really bad, actually. Like, really bad. And we... I mean, I didn't sleep at all that night. Did you? No. No. But then I remember waking up about 6am, 6 6.30... And the sun was just coming up yeah. and it was super clear. It was very clear. And I woke you up, I think, and I yeah. said, just come and have a look at this view. Yeah. And we were right on the edge, by the way. It was quite, you know, it was a good job it we didn't drive. It was a steep fall. It was, it was a good job we didn't drive yeah. like five metres further because we would have gone off the edge of the cliff. Yeah. But I think I knew that. Um, And we were looking out just on this platform yeah. of just all of Catalonia and it was super clear and calm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I could just hear just a of a helicopter. helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And, and we it, were above it, weren't we? We were. We looked down at the helicopter as yeah. it flew across, <laughs> and I remember thinking, "Oh, we are high. Yeah. We're looking down at the helicopter from the mountains." And um, we checked the weather, and it turns out we were we were kind of in the eye of the storm. Yeah. So that we had a very small window to get down the mountain and get out of that area and yeah we did we did <laughs> top tip always check your weather before yeah if you go into places like that it was at that point i took on a whole new appreciation for weather yeah we always check the weather now yeah in the uk you can kind of it's, it's never yeah. that bad is it you're, you're never gonna be that much in bother it's never gonna I mean, get that cold it's never gonna get that hot you might get flooded, but you, it'll be on the news for a while yeah. before it happens. Or, you know, and if there's heavy rain, you'll kind of know. But the thing with yeah. Spain is it had such a hot summer that all the ground was rock hard and dry. And they're just not built for rain. So when rain arrives, it has nowhere to drain because everywhere is dried out. So uh, it was quite... I think a couple of people died in those flash floods. Yeah, they did. And they were in the village that the we were going to stay so, and the village that we would have stayed in if we'd gone down the mountain was flooded really bad. Yeah, it was very serious. Because we weren't able to drive through. It was all, it was we, yeah. had, we had detours and everything. It was quite a stressful drive. And we checked the news and, yeah, they'd been flooded yeah. out. And I think someone had died in that village. So, um, you know, I'm pleased that we went to the top of the mountain. Yeah, But, yeah, always, always, always check your weather. Always check the weather wherever you're going. Check what time sunset is and check what the weather is for a few days ahead of wherever you're going. And don't get caught out like we did. So we were trying to outrun the yeah. storm on the motorway and it was clear and then it started catching up on us. I remember pulling into a service station to fill up because we were filling up LPG, which was hard to find. And um, this guy was waving his arms and I think he, I thought he wanted a lift and usually we pick up hitchhikers, which we'll talk about in another podcast, but he was waving his arms and it turns out he didn't want a lift. He wanted me to slow down because the puddle was, wasn't, was you know, 10 centimetres deep, 5 centimetres deep, which is what I thought it would be. It turns out the exit road of the services was quite a a dip and the, 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 the level water made it look quite flat and I drove through something that might have been about 40 centimetres deep and it created a huge bow wave and it came up to our window screen, um, which was quite funny. But we sailed through and we got on the motorway and I was doing a, oh, a, a scary 65 miles an hour, <laughs> squeezing everything I could out of the 2.1. And um, it just kept catching up with us, didn't it? And I just remember feeling like we need to get it, we need to outrun it. And we couldn't. So we had another bad yeah. night of sleep in a car park somewhere and then we carried on. It was all. It, you know what? It was. It was a good experience because if we hadn't yeah. have experienced that, then we wouldn't have had such a good respect for for oh, what the weather is. And mother nature. And mother nature. Yeah, you can't control mother nature. Yeah. So that was. It sounds like Catalonia isn't that much fun, but I don't want it to end oh, no, like that. It was, um, it was lovely. 
So some of the best things about Catalonia. Definitely Girona, the city of Girona. The, the city of Girona. Take two or three days if you're going to explore yeah. that. Go out at night time, have a nighttime tour, but go in the daytime too. Um, Peritolada, the little medieval city. The medieval no, city. No, it's not a city. It's just a small little town. village town, but it's very beautiful. Explore the the smaller regions in Catalonia. Yeah. Use your camper van or use whatever, or book a B&B if you're in a car or on a bike and explore the areas around kind of Girona and explore the little towns on the outside. Yeah. You don't always have to go to Barcelona just because you're near it. Um, you know, especially if you're in a van, it's it's a very busy place. You've got to find a good camp spot with good security. As with any, you know, kind of major city, it's going to, you know, it's going to have its fair share of amazing sights. But, you know, there's an underbelly there as well that you've got to be mindful of. Um, the Bay of Roses, you don't have to go there, but there is an amazing, like, town that's right next to it that's all made of canals canal and stuff. Network. Yeah, canal network. There's amazing boats there and there's amazing houses and it's we worth... We had a little walk around and yeah, we nice. had some tapas there, I think. We did. We had some tapas in a local bar. Went back to the van yeah. and I put on some Gypsy Kings. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Gypsy Kings, yeah. Yeah, Gypsy Kings. Yeah, Gypsy Kings. Great. The... I think we should technically include a bit like the Pyrenees as part of this. So yeah. the Pyrenees Mountains, you know, take some time out to explore Andorra. If you want to go, if you want to get that ferry in from into Bilbao or Santander, swing by San Sebastian, the Basque region, which again is another place that wants to be independent. You know, you're Basque. And um, go and check out the food there. It's sensational. Absolutely sensational, San Sebastian. Head east, come over the Pyrenees Mountains and take your time. Check out the smuggler's route or whatever it was that Jed did. We're going to go yeah. back and do that. Take in the sights. Be prepared for cold temperatures at night, but strong sun in the day. Have your camera ready for those amazing shots that you'll get at the top of the mountain. And then when you head into Girona, we stayed in a motorhome air that was kind of in the centre on a rooftop. It was about 15 yeah. euros a night. Really good value. Five minute walk into town, which was nice. The town's got plenty of restaurants. Well, the city's got plenty of restaurants. But like we said last week, maybe a city isn't always the place to to eat. Um, but it was, it, it, it was good food. But it was a bit too showy for me, I think I found it. It was a nice atmosphere, yeah. wasn't it? We got a taste of everything. Square. We got a taste of everything. It was a nice atmosphere to sit there and enjoy it in the square. It was good. And Rupert was allowed there for some yeah. reason as well. well which it was is, outside. Yeah. And romesco sauce, romesco charred sauce. vegetables, yep. calcots. Do you know what? The food in Catalonia could be some of the best food in mm. Spain, in my opinion. It's good, isn't it? It's good. The tomatoes is a... The variety is just sensational as well. When you go into a supermarket and see what's available, it's just brilliant. I mean, there's like three or four aisles dedicated to tomatoes, but yeah, it's good. It's nice. And... Don't think that you have to stick to the coast, you know, you don't have to stick to that route down the Mediterranean along the coast. Head it inland an hour or two and go and explore those lakes, the mountains, because not many people are there and you'll get a whole place to yourself with nice, gentle weather, with good views and lakes to swim in. And that's that's nice, isn't it? Beautiful cliffs. Yeah, the cliffs, the orange cliffs, it just... It's blowing my mind how they can look like that. With eagle, the eagles flying around. Yes, lots of eagles yeah. actually flying yeah. around. Yeah, lots of kind of wildlife. You really do Birds feel like you're in nature, I think. It felt yeah. like that for me. Yeah. Did it for you? It was a little getaway. Hmm. The roads were nice. Yeah, it was just great. It was just brilliant. So yeah, Catalonia. Catalonia. If you're going to go there... Or maybe do a little bit of research on why Catalonia might be considered different to Spain. Just so you've got an appreciation for it, because you don't want to offend anyone, particularly if you're in the rural areas. You want to make sure that you understand where you are and the local culture. A Catalonian flag, maybe not a Spanish one. Yeah. Um, they stopped bullfighting in 2010 or something, yeah. which we, you know, big supporters of. Well, we don't want any bullfighting to no. take place. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. Catalonia... You could have you could have a week, maybe 10 days if you pushed your drive in a little bit. If you could get over that ferry overnight, 
drive straight in one day over to the east in one day. You could do three, four days, five days in that area. Check out Montserrat, check out those lakes nearby, check out the mountain regions. And then you could either drive back to Bilbao in a day or you could drive north through France, which would take you about two days, maybe three. And then you'd have a great time. Right, I think I think that's it for, for Castellone, Steph. Yeah. If we could afford it, we'd play Gypsy Kings, wouldn't we? <laughs> Um, sorry if there was a bit of noise in the background. We uh, we're recording this in the pod because we're we're now living in the pod again. We're out of quarantine, yeah. and we can't Full time in the pod. We can't control the mountain. Pod the, life. We can't control the motorbikes or the cars no. that drive by. Yeah, so we're not uh, in the Alps anymore, Toto. <laughs> we're not in the Alps anymore. That's it, really, isn't it? Yeah. Right, well, thanks for listening to this podcast. Congratulations if you made it this far. I, I, I don't know if that was our best yet, but we'll let you guys decide. Please leave us a, a rating on iTunes, maybe five stars, just so we can be out there and maybe get noticed. Uh, if you've listened to it and you enjoyed it, let us know. If you've listened to it and you've got a question, get in touch. We might do a special questions and answers yeah. podcast one week yeah. about all things on the road. Um, if you want to look at what we've been talking about in this podcast and check out the video on our Facebook page um, or our YouTube channel where it'll just search Chef Campus Catalonia and you'll find the video uh, and you'll see John as well. And what song does he sing? He sings The Walk of Life. That's worth checking out. And um, yeah, and like I said, I, I think I'm going to try and drag John and Brett on a separate podcast to talk about the the four or five days oh, we yeah. had going to Amsterdam. That'll be a good one. Yeah, that might be quite interesting. Um, take care, everybody. Yep, take care. And uh, see you next week. We'll see what we get up to. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.